Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're pleased to welcome our old friend, first time this season, Luke Braun, to talk Vikings. Well, he's got the Locked on Vikings podcast and a unique sense of humor that you won't find anywhere else. Because after I put it out there on Twitter that we would be having him on the show, this is Luke's response. This is his quote atop the tweet. Are you lying awake, seething, crying, choking on your own vomit? Tune in to Amy Lawrence with your final moments in this mortal prison. Okay, that's not melodramatic at all, Luke. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great, Amy. <laughs> I'm glad you put up with me. Of course. No, absolutely. Well, I want to start with the positives. What's the silver lining? There's got to be a silver lining, Luke. What is it? There's a couple, honestly. Um, these first couple weeks, we've seen the explosiveness from Jordan Addison I, I think in terms of the start to his season, and hey, he's still a rookie, getting used to the speed of the NFL, getting used to the playbook and all that, and already seeing this production and understanding that it's probably uphill from here anyways, that's super exciting. I think the passing offense has um, worked. I think the piecemeal, the piecemeal offensive line in terms of pass protection held up about as well as you could expect. And on the back end of coverage, which is also supposed to be one of the weakest parts of the Vikings, they did a fantastic job of limiting A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. A couple of explosive plays where things got, you know, they got the top taken off of them. Honestly, I expected that to be a lot worse. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to love. Honestly, I, I look at this team, there's two plays, one in each of their two losses. If you overturn those two plays, they're, they're two and oh, it's that close. Interception on the goal line right before the half against Tampa Bay. Right. Fumble on the goal line right before the half against Philadelphia. You take those two away. That was a, that fumble was a ten point swing ultimately because it, it could have been a touchdown if he hanged on to it. Yeah. And then they go back and they score a uh, sixty one yard field goal. And then last week you had a, an interception on the directly on the goal line. They lost by three and then they lost by six. You get rid of those two plays and the Vikings are two and zero. Oh, and we'll, we'll keep the other four fumbles. We'll keep the bad run defense. We'll keep all those other problems. Just give me those two plays back. And we're 2-0. We're and oh. So I think this team is, uh, is a lot closer than their record makes it look. But you don't get those plays back. You don't get those games back. And now it's a matter of, you know, as good as they are or aren't, they're, they're in the hole, whether it's fair or not. So why are they choking, fans meaning? Why are fans choking on their own vomit in these hours <laughs> in the middle of the night? It's just what being a Vikings fan is. You lie awake, <laughs> you brood, you seize. Uh, no, it's, I mean, look, four fumbles. 
just unacceptable. I mean, that's that's high school. That's horrific. Uh, you cannot have four fumbles. You you have uh, Madison fumbled twice. He got lucky. One gets called back on an unrelated offside penalty. Um, it's absolutely disgusting ball security. After last week when they fumbled three times and lost the game by three points, right. you would think it'd be an emphasis. You would think they'd go back and say, oh, my God, ball security is so important. Everybody, hey, do not fumble. You know, be really tight on it. Hold that ball tight. Do not get it punched out. Get it punched out five freaking times? That's completely unacceptable. Definitely the turnovers, having lost the turnover battle now 7-1. to one, And you think, ah, maybe they only have half of those. Let's, let's give them four turnovers instead of three. Well, then maybe, as you point out, they are 2-0. and uh, What about the run defense, though, Luke? Because Brian Flores, new defensive coordinator, a lot of attention around his hire away from Pittsburgh. Where are you seeing the impact? Yeah, so the way that they approached coverage in this game worked. Right? I think that they had a really, really, really successful result in coverage. And coverage and run defense are linked in a way that if you are going to make, I think, the, the formational adjustment that it required, basically the Vikings came out in front that, it looked to me at least, I want to double-check this, but it looked, they, they came out in front all game that left the B gaps fairly open and trusted either defensive backs or linebackers to fill those gaps. But it was defensive backs a little too often, but I think it was structured that way for reasons that had to do with the coverage. So you couldn't really fix the defense without jeopardizing what you were doing in coverage. That's my working theory. I'm, I'm going to plug my, uh, my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash NFL. I'm probably going to go do a film breakdown on there that investigates that exact thing. So if, if that X's and O's stuff is interesting, please come hang out. But yes. um, that felt like why and what you need when you're doing that kind of thing is defensive tackles that can two gap that can be responsible for a guy saying you know no tackle on the center and if it goes to his left i got him if it goes to his right i got him i control this lineman and i'm going to move him out of the way if this run comes my way and we just didn't have that and we just got physically dominated up front Harrison phillips had a couple of good plays but he got blown out a whole bunch Kyrie's tonga i think had a disaster game jonathan bullard disaster game, Dean Lowry, disaster game. You just need bigger dudes. They actually have a guy, Jaqueline Roy, they took from LSU. He's a, uh, a fifth-round pick and probably like a rotational player, but he's sort of the guy that might be here specifically to be a run defense guy, but he didn't suit up today. So they didn't actually have him available. Uh, and Maybe they'll, uh, they'll rectify that next week because they got Austin Eckler coming to US Bank Stadium. Mm. It may maybe give up. 150 yards rushing, not 250 <laughs> right. yards rushing. Well, and it's like 15, 16, 17 oh. play drives, and Tampa did it Eight too. minutes, it's yes. Like, hey, yeah, these drives are, are will, will just break your will. And it's just like disrespectful too. Like the Eagles <laughs> called the same run over and over and over again and scored a touchdown on it. It's like that is what they do when they are not scared of you at all. Exactly. Luke Braun is with us from L.A. actually, where he does Locked on Vikings. I do love the the way that he manages, and also the film breakdowns are great, so uh, make sure you check those out. His Twitter uh, we will plug at the end of our conversation, but he's got some real good stuff on video. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I noticed during the game that you tweeted that there's no intensity with the Vikings. Something about bring back Zimmer, if I remember it correctly, <laughs> which, which is a, an observation that a lot of fans really appreciated. What do you mean by no intensity? 
That was a controversial one. Yeah, no, I, here's the thing. Game, game day tweets don't count, all right? I'm tweeting through it. It's emotional. You cannot hold me to account for what I tweet on game day. I'm just letting random thoughts fly without vetting them at all. Nice. But I will say, yeah, I think that there was a huge lack of intensity when you're getting run on like that. What I want to see is somebody go make a play. Someone shoot a gap, get a TFL. Someone make a cool pass breakup. Someone go make a play that gets everybody juiced again. You're just lining up and getting walked every single play. That can't happen. <laughs> um, and I, I think that there is a very calm nature to the culture. And, and there's pros and cons to that versus the kind of intensity of Zimmer. But it, I think it stems from who Kevin O'Connell is. He's a very laid-back guy that's very, you know, hey, we'll take everything in stride. We'll solve our problems as they come. But we're never going to get too worked up over this thing or the other thing. That can be really, really great in certain scenarios, but sometimes you need a guy to go get you juiced up. Sometimes you need Dez Bryant yelling at you on the sideline with <laughs> Stefan Diggs going crazy. You need Not A.J. Brown? I mean, on the Vikings? A.J. Brown was yelling. Yeah. Give me Everson Griffin back, right? That was the backbone of the Vikings for a decade <laughs> in that regard. We need that guy. Yeah, we definitely did have some yelling. It was just on the other sideline. So who's the candidate? Because I feel like Justin Jefferson can get fired up. Uh, but who would be the A.J. Brown counterpart if you were to look for someone on the Viking sideline? I really want it to be Justin Jefferson because he has that, like, he, he has that energy and, and he has such a larger-than-life presence just because of how much of a superstar he is. But he really isn't that guy. He's a, he's a goofball, you know? I mean, he's like a... <laughs> A, 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 a very, like he's perfect for the Kevin O'Connell thing where it's just, you know, hey, we're smiling, we're having fun, it's a game. You know, I, I know you just threw an interception. It's not a big deal. We're still having lots of fun. Like that's it. That can really help with that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we look to a rookie. Maybe eventually it can be somebody like Jordan Addison, who's a pretty quiet guy. Uh, but maybe if he comes out of his shell and maybe we can get that from him or or. Somebody like that. Maybe it's somebody on the offensive line. Garrett Bradbury wasn't active today because he's got a back thing, but he's kind of a hothead. I could see it being the center, right? Give me one of the big boys going going off. Somebody's got to take up that mantle. It's not going to be Daniil Hunter. He's a very quiet guy. Um, maybe it can be somebody like Brian Asamoah who's, uh, or Josh Metellus who have sort of taken up leadership roles as guys like Zadarius Smith and Eric Kendricks leave. But – there is sort of a, a power vacuum in terms of leadership on the Vikings roster just because of all the veterans that left, like Adam Thielen and Kendricks. Right. That would have been my, my answer. But, but now I kind of, I don't know. Somebody's got to step up, though, and eventually whoever that is uh, is going to, I think, find that dimension of themselves. It definitely is a work in progress to start the season, even for teams that start out with a 2-0 mark. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Luke Braun with the Locked On Vikings. He's got work to do over this one. Now, it, it, we know that the that the the running back or the running position, the running game was going to change some without Dalvin Cook. Um, and it's exactly. uh, it, it's it's Madison, and we knew that there was going to be kind of a changing of the guard there anyway with Alexander, um, and, and of course the offensive line. But 28 yards, I know they had to pass more to kind of catch up and pull back within a you know the, the touchdown six, uh, the six points multiple times. But it does seem like they need a greater commitment to the run game. Or am I missing something? I, I mean they. Yeah, they are missing a commitment to the run game. Absolutely. But I don't know if they would agree that they need one. I think they – Kevin <laughs> O'Connell comes into this. We got the analytics GM that's going, whatever, throw the rock 50 times. We're going to be that team that puts up a whole bunch of yards. 
And I think that there's like intangible stuff that you lose when you do that, that we kind of saw here, you know, that, that 16 play drive and then the Eagles come out and do it again. I mean, that breaks your spirit, right? That breaks your will. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) they, and not to mention the clock control and taking away opportunities and comeback situations and all that stuff. Um, But I mean, yeah, they, they tried to improve the run game by, Mixing in more lead blocker stuff with either a fullback or an extra tight end or something. They signed Josh Oliver for that. They extend TJ Hawkinson. They extend CJ Ham. Um, so that they did kind of commit to that group of people, but they let Dalvin Cook go. They let all his backups take over, and they went with the exact same offensive line, two of whom were not available tonight. So and it's like, yeah, maybe that did just go real bad, and they kind of didn't care. If you guys, if this line, which is I think built more. You know, it's it's built to, to, to pass block. It's not built to ball people and move people. Um, and it's built to, you know, finesse zone run, pull around, that kind of crap. And if you're going to be that and we're going to take a whole bunch of deep shots, then you're going to live in this world of, like, volatility. And what's frustrating is all of that would be fine if you hang on to the dang football. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to that, doesn't it? You really uh, kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, I'm going to add another silver lining to this, Luke, because I do think the division is also a silver lining. Uh, it's wide open. After seeing the NFC North for the first week and now a game, a second game with the Vikings, what are your thoughts on how this division looks even though it's early at this point yeah it's it's pretty early um but i think we can we can say jury's out on a couple of teams right let's say jury's out on the vikings they'll be nice to them they're zero and two but jury's out they were close and it was turnovers and you know we'll see who they who they really turn into as the year wears on and i think the jury's out on on the packers i'm not quite sure what to make of jordan love you can't really get a lot of information out of them because of who they played which is the bears i'm ready to count out the bears that wasn't a football team i'm sorry <laughs> That, that is a, a team in absolute crisis, and I think people are way closer to being fired than actually figuring something out and becoming a, a, a team in the NFC worth paying attention to. Um, so I'm, like, super out on the Bears, and I think the Bears are out on the Bears, and people might start losing their jobs soon, which is wild to say in, when, when only one game has been played, yeah. but it's truly that bad of a game. Um, they need to, like, come to God and find a way to win. Uh, but then you kind of look at the Lions, and... I mean, how can you not be super encouraged by everything they did against Kansas City? Um, I, I'm not allowing myself to be endeared by the Lions because they've, I've pitied them too much over the years, you know, put up or shut up. But, I mean, come on. They're like a power-running team in, this NF, in, in today's day and age, and they just went in, uh, into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs at home. I'm like, come on, that rules. <laughs> yeah, that was a really I, I still impressive am very statement. very concerned about their passing offense. Yeah. Uh, and kind of what kind of explosiveness they can generate. But if they can find that dimension, then I think they can actually, you know, be a team that you actually have to pay attention to in January. But for me right now, the NFC North looks like a division that puts one team in the playoffs, that team gets out wild card weekend, and then we let the real the real boys play from the oh, NFC East. Uh, Luke, I've been waiting to ask you this question. Did you watch the quarterback series on Netflix that featured, among other QBs, your favorite, Kirk Cousins. I did. What did you learn about Kirk that you did not know before? Uh, I, I think the amount of work that they put, and that was really the, 
point of the documentary was to showcase yes. the amount of work that goes in and what I didn't know, just how hurt he was in 2022, what he was playing through. He, he never showed up on an injury report, but I, like he had, what was it, a broken rib, a bruised rib? Mm. Um, never showed up on an injury report, never missed so much as a practice, never missed so much as a rep. And part of that is just straight up toughness, but I think another part is also the the therapists that he brought in to, to work on him and, and the effort that he put into taking care of his body, this underrated part of, of the NFL. Um, and I don't know. I like, I, I already knew some of this, like we knew about the brain doctor thing that he did, uh, like the, the, like hooking all the nodes up to his head and like all that crazy stuff that he does <laughs> and just the constant effort to like find any edge that he possibly can find. But maybe what I didn't appreciate before I, I saw that, and it actually came up tonight was just how hard on himself he is. He I thought is. I was hard on Kirk Cousins. You like, are. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty harsh on Kirk Cousins. I got nothing on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> He said that that play that you played the Paul Allen uh, clip of tonight, the uh, explosive pass to Justin Jefferson should have been a touchdown pass, but he fumbled out through the end zone. They asked Jefferson after, and he's like, yeah, I I can't fumble. Like, I I can't do my teammates like that. Like, that's totally on me. I got to be better, Um, which is a wild thing for a guy to be saying after putting up a buck 50 on Darius Slay. But, you know, he's being a teammate, right? And then he asked Kirk Cousins, and he's like, yeah, you know, I think if I had thrown that ball perfectly, he probably doesn't bobble it, and then he doesn't fumble it. And it's like, what? That was a great throw. What are you talking about? <laughs> but that's how he thinks about it all the time. Driving home from the playoff loss against the Giants, he's going, oh, I missed that throw, I missed that throw, and I missed that. He had a fantastic game against the Giants. I know everybody talks about the fourth and eight. He had a phenomenal game against the Giants, and, that, and I'm a hater. So you know it's real when I'm saying that it was a good game. <laughs> So he's like just so unbelievably harsh on himself to a point where I don't even know if that's like actually a healthy way to grow as like a player or a person. Um, but it's definitely something that has come up. And hey, that'll, that'll carve out you know an eleven year career in the NFL. So who might who might a judge? Yeah. I did warn people that you are not a big believer. I I tried to soften the blow a little bit, but you have just put yourself out there and told people what you think of Kirk Cousins. So I'm glad that that you do have some aspects of his personality, his preparation that you now appreciate, have a greater appreciation for. I'm impressed, Luke. Way to go. Way to grow. Way to become more of a renaissance Man, when there it comes it to is. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Just don't look up the books that he was buying at Barnes & Noble. All right? <laughs> don't go do that. <laughs> oh, the good! I loved that series because I do feel like it gave you, uh, as you point out, an, just a glimpse of how much work these guys put in. I mean, him with the note cards over and over and over again, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but also well, because... So it, he has... It, it didn't show up in the, in the doc, but he has... Every single note he has ever taken in a football thing going all the way back to high school. Whoa. You could ask him about a second quarter Michigan-Michigan State game (laughs) from 2010, and he would be like, yeah, hang on, let me dig that out. And he would have, like, play-by-play notes from their film session. That's incredible. He's got, like, big bins in his garage. Yeah. 
he definitely is anal retentive. And yet that's one of the reasons why, as you point out, he's a veteran quarterback in the NFL and why he continues to play extremely well, though the Vikings are 0-2. So if you're looking for more breakdown, uh, more of this super... It's really interesting, uh, the various aspects of the game and, and uh, why they could be 2-0 if they just didn't fumble. You can find Luke on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL B-R-A-U-N. It's got the link there to Patreon.com, which is where you'll get some of the film breakdowns. Uh, you always bring such great energy and humor, which is why we love you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. <laughs> anytime, Amy. Any, anytime. Why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.